0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. How does the kingdom of God expand? In our next installment of our series, Kingdom Lenses, Jesus gives us a vision that small acts of faith can have great impact for his kingdom. By talking a little bit about cooking, how many of you love to cook? Yeah, (laughs) thanks, Matt. My wife likes to cook. (laughs) Cooking, though, we we take this for granted, but cooking is actually a transformative process, right? For example, right, I'll start with the Lord's candy, the candy from heaven, ready? Bacon. You know how bacon starts out? Bacon starts out with this pale, pink, slimy strip of pork belly, And it looks terrible. Let's really be honest. Bacon looks terrible, right? But then you put it on a frying pan. And what happens? The pan heats it up and it begins to... You get the aroma of smoked pork belly. And it begins to shrink, right? And it begins to caramelize. And the fat caramelizes. And the meat caramelizes. And it goes from this pale pink, white, slimy to this crisp... Red, brown, beautiful candy from heaven. I don't have bacon today, though. Right? Cooking transforms that bacon, right? Okay? Let's go into the baking. If if you're not a bacon person, how about some cake, right? Cake starts out this mushiness of like, you know, like, what is in that? And there's eggs and there's flour and all these different kinds of things. And it's sort of gloopy, right? It's, it, maybe it has some bumps in it or whatever it might. It depends on how well you whip it, right? But you put it in the oven and what happens? It solidifies and it rises and it becomes this moist, which I know some people don't like that word, but a moist, decadent, sweet temptation. And then you put icing on it, right? And you have this delicious cake. It transforms mush to this loaf. This It's almost like a loaf or a... You know, you know what I'm saying by that, right? When you whip cream, it goes from liquid to that that fluffy, like it that also must be from heaven too, because it's just like it, like it's it's wonderful. Or maybe if you put a potato or you put something that's breaded into hot oil, what happens? It goes from this meh, to this crispy on the outside moist on the inside, right? The chicken, like a chicken tender, think about a chicken tender, right? Are you hungry yet? Yes. Yes. Cooking is transformative. Food, food becomes different when you apply whatever cooking technique that you're going to do to it, right? Well, it's interesting that Jesus understood this. And they didn't even deep fry stuff back then. Uh, (laughs) Jesus understood this because one day he began talking about his kingdom in in a specific kind of way where he references bread. Now, you know what bread is made up of, right? Flour, sugar, water, and something else. Yes, yeast, right? Now, if you put flour, sugar, and water you're pretty much making a sweet paper mache thing going on there. There's not a lot that happens there, right? But if you put a little bit of yeast in flour and sugar and water, the yeast begins to cause chemical reactions, right? And it turns this muck cream looking, into a loaf and actually begins to rise right the yeast actually develops not only not only causes the bread to rise it causes gluten to form which some of us i know are are, are don't like gluten because it does bad things to us and some of us eat too much gluten hi my name's matt uh, <laughs> and then it develops the gluten and then it also what else it does is it actually develops the flavor the You have to have yeast in... The yeast actually helps develop the flavor of different kinds of breads. So basically, before you even bake the bread, this one ingredient will transform a batch of of dough, a batch of wheat flour of sorts. So Jesus understood this. And he began talking about the kingdom one day, To a bunch of different kinds of people. And he shares a series of parables. Parables. In other words, stories that try to explain the kingdom. As he's talking about. To the people that are there. Now again. Last week, we started this entire series by talking about what the mission of the kingdom is. A kingdom means that there is a king, and we've, we found out that Jesus is that king, and he wants us to live in the way that he lived, in love, in service, in giving of ourselves to everyone. And he said that the mission of the kingdom, quite frankly, is go and make disciples of all nations. Remember all this last week? So today, as we look at what the kingdom is like, he begins to show us how to live our lives through these parables. So again, he's standing uh, in front of a huge group of people, way bigger than what this is, right? And actually, there's so many people that it's a hill and it comes down to a lake. And he actually gets on a boat and, and stands on this boat on the lake so he could yell up i yell up to the people in the balcony or, you know, at the top of the hill, that kind of a thing. And as he's sharing, he begins to talk about this parable and that parable. And he says two parables before we get to the parable that we're going to look at today. First, he talks about the parable of the weeds. And he basically says the kingdom is like a farmer went out and planted a field. Okay, that makes sense. You know, you put, you put seed out there and it grows, right? Okay, it grows. Cool. But then... Somebody came at night and put weeds alongside all the crops. And he says, the kingdom is like this, and and the farmer doesn't know exactly what to do. Wait, do I pull the weeds? No, actually you can't pull the weeds because it will actually cause issues with the crops that are already there. So the kingdom has crops and weeds growing alongside of each other, and when the harvest comes, they will all be pulled out together. The weeds will be thrown out And the crops will be kept. And what Jesus is beginning to share is that the kingdom that God has for this world will grow. And right alongside the growing kingdom will be those who will cause issues in the kingdom. Detractors, people who don't fully get it. Causing issues and ruckus and all these different kinds of things for the kingdom. So now that we've got that Debbie Downer, he moves to another parable. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And if you've ever seen a mustard seed, it's very small. And then he says something that's actually not accurate. (laughs) Mustard seeds turn into a plant. I don't know. Yay big. They're not big. Mustard seeds are not big. You ever had mustard on your hot dog before? It comes from the mustard plant. Okay. But he says in his parable that it grows to be like a giant tree. And everybody's like, what, what? Jesus, you off your rocker? What's going on here? And essentially what he's trying to say is that the kingdom is not what you think it is. It can be unexpected. And it will grow in a way that you might be really surprised, even though you start with the smallest of seeds, it will turn into this giant tree where birds can come and live. So this seems a little bit more positive, right? These series of parables seem to be getting better. It's almost like, he started with the Debbie Downer, the realist. Jesus is a realist. And then he talks about something that is just unexpected and so much bigger than what we expect. Then he finally gets to the parable that we are going to read today. Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all the dough. That's it. That's all he gives us. The kingdom that Jesus brought when he first started his ministry, because those were legitimately the first word, almost one of his first words out of his mouth to the people of Galilee where he was ministering, was, here comes the kingdom of heaven. Basically saying, I'm here, let the party start. He brings the kingdom with him. And then last week, remember, we talked about how he leaves the kingdom to his followers, his disciples. So everything that Jesus says about the kingdom between here comes the kingdom and go and expand the kingdom, we begin to get a vision for what this is. And so this is why this is so important for us. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in a bushel of wheat flour until the yeast had worked its way through all of the dough. Now, there is actually a lot of things about this parable that is unexpected. You ready? Okay. Cuz this is pretty this is pretty cool, okay? First of all, how many of you know what a bushel of wheat flour is equals? Nobody? Man, nobody took their ancient measurement class before coming to church today? <sighs> a bushel of wheat flour would be enough wheat flour to feed 100 to 150 people. In other words, y'all would get bread in this room twice. Sound good, right? Some glue, right? But this talks, the interesting part is that we don't get how much yeast she puts in, but she just hides it in there, and pretty much it just takes a little bit of yeast to make its way through this giant, of dough, this bushel of dough. Because that's what yeast does. It works. The other thing that's unexpected is that he talks about a parable that involves a woman. Sorry, ladies. In the ancient world, women were not the first class citizens. They did not have the voices That you have and you deserve today. They were treated as second class citizens. They were to do as they were told. They were held captive by a lot of the different laws. But here is the Son of God, Jesus, saying this. Kingdom of heaven is like yeast which a woman took. He doesn't use a man. He doesn't use somebody with immense amount of power. He doesn't use a person. He doesn't use like a king or a lord or a priest that has influence in the world. He says it's like a woman, a person who has so little of a voice in the world, so little that she is treated unfairly in the world that she lives in. Jesus goes, no, no, it's like a woman. Humble. Woman. Who took and hid a bushel, or hid the yeast in a bushel of wheat flour. Not known by anybody else in the entire world. She hid it. Why in the world is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom that jesus wants his disciples to live the kingdom that he brings why is it so humble and hidden and in all of these very unexpected ways that we cuz when you and i think about kingdoms it's all out in the open right kingdoms advance through negotiation kingdoms advance through war kingdom advance through Let's figure it out. And if we don't figure it out, I'll punch you in the face kind of thing. That's how kingdoms are won in the world, friends. We've been doing this all, all, since, all throughout human history. But this kingdom that Jesus is talking about is this small act that is hidden away from everybody else by the most humble person causes a huge amount of dough... To be transformed. That's what Jesus is saying, friends. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that the kingdom expands through unexpected people doing the smallest act of faith, which brings great transformation in the world. All it takes is in one moment just adding a bit of yeast. To a huge thing of dough for that dough to begin to transform and to begin to rise. And all of a sudden, by the way, does the jo- dough transform immediately? No. If you know how bread works, it takes a while for it to begin to rise. So we don't know what the woman, if the woman stays and watches it or not, but the reality is she hid it in there and she might never see that bread, that dough come to its r- risen, I, I don't know. Leavened. Is it leavened? That's right. Yeah, leavened. I have bakers looking at me right now. Just use the right words, pastor. It takes a while for the bread to rise, to leaven. This is in the same vein when Jesus says to his followers, your faith can move mountains. Your faith can that sounds preposterous. I can't move mountains. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and those are small mountains. I never moved any mountains with my faith over there. What he's saying is that it is small acts that cause the kingdom to work and transform this world in ways that we may have never seen before. M. Eugene Boring says it this way, the kingdom is is at present hidden and silent, working by unexpected or even scandalous means, although the future will reveal its reality. The kingdom is growing, and people might not even know it's happening. Now... I love that he uses the word scandalous because everything that Jesus has said in this parable is also scandalous. Typically, yeast was used to talk about bad things in parables. Did you know that? Usually it was about talking about like, well, this person is like a yeast and finds its way through the dough and corrupts the entire dough. But Jesus uses uses the image of a yeast on purpose. Because he is talking to a group of people who believe that the kingdom of God is only going to come through them. A lot of the people who Jesus talked to were from the 12 tribes of Israel. The people who God saved in the Exodus. And he said, I am going to bring my kingdom through you. And you will do it by blessing others. But they did not live into the calling of blessing others. Instead, they started blessing themselves. And they still hold on to this thought that, you know what? God's going to bring his kingdom through us. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. It's going to be like a woman who has so little power and influence in the world. And all she's going to do is she's going to do a small act of faith and hide yeast and it will affect the world for years to come. Here's the great thing about it. A lot hasn't changed after Jesus because some people in the church believe that the kingdom only comes through the church. When God is far bigger than the people who come to a building for once a week and does things. They sing and they pray and they hear a message. So you know, God is too big for this. God will go beyond what we expect and even advance His kingdom through marginalized people, through scandalous ways. Em Eugene Boring says this, the presence of God's kingdom in our own world, may scandalize our own ideals of where and how God's kingdom is supposed to be present. So we take this parable and we begin to think it through and what it means in the world that we live in today. Kingdom of heaven comes through a woman, someone who's unexpected, someone who's on the margins. And she does something small. She doesn't do it in the public light. She doesn't look to do things like like how other kingdoms spread. But she just does an act of faith. And that is what causes change in the world. Do you ever feel like people who follow Jesus don't really do that? In our society... And by the way, I, I, I love critiquing our church. It's so great. Not our church, but the church universal. But in ye- recent years, a lot of people who follow Jesus believe that we need to be out in the open. And we need to revolutionize the society at large by getting power and influence. In fact, It looks a lot like how the rest of the kingdoms of this world act. Let's get power. Let's influence people. We have the right answer. We have everything right. Let's lobby. (laughs) Let's get tax write-offs for those churches. Friends, I hate to say this, But Jesus says that his kingdom expands not through being the most influential entity in the world, but by humbly transforming the world by small acts of faith. And guess what? It will expand in ways that even the church won't expect. For example... Revivals can happen in prison. Revivals can happen among those who have done, in our minds, the worst sins of all. But revival, where God does something new in people's lives, can happen there. The kingdom expands... When those who we often don't trust serve and give of themselves to another to feed the hungry or to give water to those who are thirsty or to clothe the naked. The kingdom of God expands when Somebody in the name of Christ leaves food and water for an immigrant who's trying to make their way into this country across the desert and then is arrested for leaving that food and water in the desert. It's scandalous. But when Jesus said, Hey, love your neighbor as yourself, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. That is to be the way that we are to live. That is how the kingdom expands. That is a small act of faith. Hidden. Apparently not too hidden because somebody was arrested for it. And I know what you're thinking right now. Doesn't the Bible say follow the laws of the land? Not if that law causes you to hate your neighbor or not care for your neighbor or not love your neighbor. Because here's the thing. Jesus Christ broke every law in his ministry. He ministered on the Sabbath. He broke Roman law continuously. Also, the man who wrote the the Bible verse that so many people cite about follow the law broke laws and was in prison a lot of the time of his ministry. You know why? Because he was loving people. They were loving people where they are regardless of whatever civil law or religious law said. Nothing gets in the way of the kingdom and the purpose of the kingdom to love people as we love ourselves. Nothing. It's scandalous. It's scandalous. It's scandalous that a man who has been in prison all of his life for killing people, in the last two weeks of his life, comes to know Jesus Christ. And as he breathes his last breath, he goes into the presence of God. It's scandalous. It's scandalous for us To not just believe that abortion is not a not is, is is killing a child. It's scandalous when we go to a person who is in that moment thinking of terminating a pregnancy and saying, I will pay for your child to come into this world and I will happily adopt your child when that child comes into this world. That's scandalous. That's loving our neighbors as ourselves. It's loving people who our government calls an enemy. It's easy to love your actual neighbor. Well, some of you have some crazy neighbors, right? How many have you any crazy neighbors? But we are formed by a narrative that there are enemies of this world far bigger than just our neighbors. Guess what? When Jesus said, love your enemy, he meant it. Scandalous. The kingdom expands not through all the ways that we expect, it's through small acts of faith, of loving your neighbor, or loving your enemy, or caring for those, or serving our community without asking for any payment, or going and checking up on somebody who you haven't seen in a long time. It's whenever you try and share the good news with your kids when you parent. It's whenever you come to church, even though your family comes in from out of town because it's so essential to be a part of the body of Christ, and you invite them along with you. It's when you're at work, and you choose not to get ahead of the other person by lying or backstabbing or being a a jerk, but just being patient and loving. It's whenever you get around those people who speak in a certain way about other people and you do not speak ill of others like they are. This is how the kingdom expands. It is not through the things that we are told continuously. It's through small acts of faith in every place, in every time, with every single person. People always say, man, we just need to share Jesus. Are you sharing Jesus in your own life? I read this quote one day. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> if you were arrested for being Christian, would there be enough evidence for them to convict you? The king of heaven is like a woman who hid some yeast in a huge batch of dough. The king of heaven is when unexpected people do small acts of faith that transforms the world. We as a church have a mission and a vision statement. And last week we talked about that mission. Growing in Christ, loving people, and making disciples. That's, why, that's what we're here to do. That's what we are here to do. And we hope that every single person who's a part of our church, who comes to our church, who says, yeah, I go to Champion Church of the Nazarene. That every part of your life is, is looking to grow in him, and to love others, and to make disciples. Why? Because that's what he told us to do. <laughs> but, it gets a little shady on how we do it. And so we created this vision statement. and we gotta, We'll put it right up here right now. This vision statement is, we aim to be an authentic community of disciples following Christ through the Holy Spirit. And this is where the how really becomes become real. We are to be people who live missionally, love constantly, serve endlessly, and give hospitably. What we are talking about today, of being unexpected, doing a small act of faith which transforms the world, is living missionally. Is going around and putting small amounts of yeast in the world for the kingdom to grow. How do you do that? You love your neighbor. You forgive. You reach out to those who are in desperate need of food. Those who are in desperate need of water. Those who, 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 look, who don't have anything to their name. It's whenever you don't give in to temptation of, of maybe drinking too much or Maybe it's not giving into the temptation of, of uh, letting your anger control your relationships. It's about living in relationships with your family that are loving, that gives of yourself to them. Living missionally means that you, as a part of this church, you're not the church if you just come here on a Sunday morning. You begin being a part of the church when you live missionally in every place with every person all the time. And I know that sounds like a lot. (laughs) But this is how God has shared with us the life that we can have. We don't make disciples by not living like Christ lived. We make disciples by living how? Christ lived. And if Christ is king, then we aim to be just like our king who reigns over our kingdom. Bruxy Cavey says it this way, the kingdom of God Is a way of living with Jesus our King, a way of being part of what He is doing in the world, no matter where we live. The kingdom of God is far beyond this country. There's brothers and sisters in Iran and China and Brazil and Greenland and Japan. In India, in Pakistan, in Iraq, in France. And those people are our brothers and sisters. And the kingdom of God causes us to see those brothers and sisters as brothers and sisters. Far more than the citizens that we find ourselves geographically. And the people who aren't brothers and sisters in Christ, in other words, they they don't believe in Christ and they believe something different. And You have atheists and Muslims and Hindus and all these different kinds of folks. You know what Jesus says? Love them. Don't go to war with them. Don't act like you're better than them. Don't try to influence them in a way. Love them. May they see me in you and may they have the courage to become disciples of the love that I have given you, of me who is living within you. Too much I feel like the church doesn't see how easy, well, easy. easy's relative. It's probably easier to try and win the argument, to gain power and influence, because that's how everybody else does it. But you and I, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Live the mission. Not just on Sunday mornings, not just for discipleship groups, not for the, the things, mission weekends, but when you go home, and when you go to school, and when you go to work, and when you're at Kroger, wait, Kroger, Giant Eagle. I had visions of the South for a moment ago. <laughs> When you go to Giant Eagle, when you go to Walmart, man, what would it be like to have kingdom lenses in Walmart, friends? Seriously. Help us, Lord. How often do we go in and judge people in Walmart because, well, you know what I'm talking about? But the kingdom lenses would see that child, that that person whatever they're doing or whatever they look like, to say, that is a loved child of God. And I will love them as He has loved me. This is what it means to live missionally, friends. This is what we are called to be as followers of Jesus. If we aren't, are we really following Him? Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning for our service, which begins at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, please visit us at championnaz.org.